Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 168 of Blue Jays Nation Radio brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. If you want to get in on the action, you should be doing it at Botano. All the latest odds on baseball, hockey, whatever you want to get in on, Botano has it all. Uh, Hopefully you weren't backing the Toronto Blue Jays too much over the last couple of days on Botano. Coombsy, this is a weird one. It feels like the lowest point of the Jays season. And to sit here and say it's the lowest point of a team season while they're still two games in to a playoff spot feels weird. But this team just is not inspiring confidence. And losing three or four to the Orioles in the way you did is just, it's ugly, man. It's hard to believe in this team right now. Yeah, it really is. That went just about as poorly as you possibly could have imagined. I mean, they didn't get swept, which is nice, but even the one win they had felt kind of limp. It was their 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 big rally they had, their multi their multi-run inning largely just came down to Baltimore choosing to use a shitty pitcher who couldn't find the strike zone and everybody was getting hit. And that was pretty much the, the the outcome of that inning. But there there really wasn't anything to get excited about there at all. It just Baltimore rolled into town and pretty much just showed we are quite a bit better than you. And they made it very clear the Blue Jays will not be winning the American League East this year. And I'll, I'll, I'll push back a little bit on one thing about the rock bottom is I'm nervous now. Ugh. Just two games ahead of the Red Sox going into a series at Fenway that things could be getting... A little bit worse right ahead. You got to find a way to win two out of three. We'll get set for this huge series against the Boston Red Sox this weekend coming up in just a little bit. You mentioned the AL East. The Jays now seven and a half back of the Baltimore Orioles for the division lead with the Tampa Bay Rays in there as well. I mean, you're right. Even I think the most optimistic Jays fan right now can't be sitting there going, oh, I still believe that the division title is within reach. Like, even if you swept the Orioles later this month when you roll into Baltimore, which would at this point feel like a minor miracle in itself, you would still be four and a half back. Like the odds of you scraping something together here down the stretch just doesn't feel at all realistic, which is disappointing because again, if this series would have just gone a little bit differently, and I shouldn't even say a little bit differently because they got freaking blown out in two games. But if this team could have played their best ball over the last four days, we would have been feeling a whole heck of a lot different about this team. 
Yeah, it looked it looked like there was a nice opportunity for the vibes of this series to be really good. I mean, we talked about that when they were when they were coming into the series. It was like, oh yeah, you got him, Jin Ryu coming back from Tommy John surgery. Maybe he puts together a nice start, and you have you know your new reliever Jordan Hicks from St. Louis. He's going to come in and throw five hundred miles an hour, and everyone's going to be so excited. It's going to be so cool, and then nothing, just no energy, just completely limp, just lifeless, and it's uh, yep. it's shocking. It's it's hard. It's 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 hard to visualize the team coming together and ever playing as well as they potentially could. Right. I mean, we've all looked at what the team could be on paper if everything clicks, but there's no guarantee that everything clicks. And, you know, with just two months left, we just haven't really seen those signs of life that that that, that indicate they're going to have that nice stretch. Like they're going to have that that run to like the 2015 team did or the 2021 team after they returned to Toronto. It just there's there's no indication that's going to happen. Let's get into our three up, three down for today's episode. There is a lot of downs to get to throughout this series. And we talked about, I mean, on our deadline episode about the first two games of the series and the way things were going. So maybe we'll be a little bit broader in terms of looking at the series as a whole. Number one on the list of downs absolutely has to be hitting with runners in scoring position. You go 0 for 10 in game one. You go 0 for 7 in game two. You go 1 for 7 in game four of the series. It's bad, man. And the blame really lays solely on the three guys kind of in the middle of this order, Vladdy, Springer, and Chapman. They all only had one hit in this series. In a four-game series, none of those guys had multiple hits. That is absolutely insane. And not even like just not getting on base. It's the fact that they all had opportunities with runners in scoring position at multiple points in crucial points as well. You go back to game four, the bases are loaded. Matt Chapman comes up and the most non-competitive of non-competitive at bats. He whiffs on basically the same pitch twice, strikes out, can't even get a sack fly, can't even hit a little dribbler that he beats out and scores a run like just nothing. And it's it's infuriating to see Springer, Vladdy, and Chapman, time and time and time again in big spots, go up there and almost look borderline disinterested. Yeah, it's 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 really shocking. It also it also goes to show just the team's offense looks completely hopeless now without Bo Bichette at the top of the order. Um, <laughs> I think if if there was one player you would have said the Jays can't afford to lose for any stretch of time, if you if you asked that question at the beginning of the year, I think we all would have been like, "That's ah, Kevin Gosman." If the Jays or Kevin Gosman goes on the injured list for like a month, then they're there's they're hoop. That's going to be hard a hard one to come back from. But now that I saw like that, now that we've seen that four game stretch without Bobichet in the lineup, or I guess three game stretch because he got injured in the first game, but the lineup has nothing. There's, there's, there's just no energy whatsoever. Every time they get guys on, it's, you know, you draw a couple of walks and then the next guy comes and, you know, Vladdy will swing at the first pitch and it's a line drive into the outfield right at a, at a fielder or Chapman comes up and there's a 95 mile an hour fastball up high and he just swings through it. George Springer is just swinging through breaking balls, swinging through sliders outside of the zone hitting like a soft ground ball onto the ground. It's the same thing every single time. Like even when they have guys on, you know, a guy on second bases loaded. It's, it's, it's hard to get excited thinking, yeah, they're going to put up a rally here. It almost seems impossible when the other team goes up one or two, nothing. It, it, it seems like an insurmountable lead. It's honestly incredible. 
And again, it's not for lack of getting chances. Like they had the bases loaded when they were down by two in that game against the Orioles, even the hit. And we shouldn't complain about hits that they do get with runners in scoring position, but even Vladdy's hit when he did drive in a run was like, he's late on it. He barely makes contact. It bloops into right field. The hit that snapped George Springer out of his slump. And again, we shouldn't be complaining about the good things that do happen. But that dude's only hit in his last 40-whatever ABs is an off-the-end-of-the-bat bloop single. Like, there's just there was nothing that happened. Even though they won a game, there was nothing that happened in those four games that inspire any sort of confidence from the big guns. And it's wildly disappointing. The first big down of this four-game series is that the guys who were supposed to be big for the Jays just absolutely couldn't be. You look at Matt Chapman now in his last seven games, he's batting 125. George Springer's batting average, not even worth mentioning right now over his last seven games. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in his last seven games is batting 136. That just, it absolutely has to change. And you can talk about how, oh my God, they didn't add a right-handed bat at the trade deadline. What were Atkins and Shapiro thinking? Dude, if they had Teoscar Hernandez, if they had freaking Aaron judge in this lineup right now, like it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter at all. Like it baseball is not a sport where you can just, Oh, we added Tay Oscar and boom. Now we're all of a sudden we're one of the best hitting teams in the league. Cause one Tay Oscar's not having a good year. And two, it's not suddenly going to make Vladdy Springer and Chapman start hitting the ball magically. It's just, it's infuriating to see these guys who are supposed to be drivers of this offense just consistently fall flat. Yeah, that's the issue. I mean, the, the front office built a team around the core. And a lot of the core players just haven't showed up. Like you, you have complimentary players on the team who have been brought in, who are, I think, largely living up to expectations. Like, I mean, maybe Dalton Barshow is not hitting as well as we thought, but him and Kiermaier in the outfield are doing the defense that the, the pitchers all needed. Um, I mean, you have like Brandon Belt. He comes in. He's been fine. Whit Merrifield, they acquired last year. He's been better than expected. The, the pitchers, Kikuchi's pitching well this year. Barrios is pitching well this year. Bassett's been okay. Gosman's been good. The bullpen's good. I mean, they 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 built this they built this complimentary group around the core of you know Vladdy Springer, Chapman, Bo, guys like that, and. You know, Bo's the only one who's really having a good season. Chapman's having an okay season because he's great defensively, but the offense just hasn't been there. There's a really good tweet from uh, Glenn Allen Chill on Twitter, and he he pointed out that Vlad, George Springer, Alec Manoa, and Alejandro Kirk last year were worth 14.9 wins above replacement, according to fan graphs. So even if you consider like a 25% decline, people thought Manoa might take a step back. Springer's getting a bit older whatever even if you considered a slight decline you you'd expect them to finish with 10 or 11 wins this year they're projected to be worth three wins above replacement those four players there's there's just no way that that anyone thought that 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 group of of players these these key core players on the team were going to be that bad it's it's stunning at the end of the day if it doesn't matter how many you know brandon belts or dalton bar shows or kevin kiermeyers you find to improve your defense or whatever if if vladdy's not swinging if george isn't spring swinging then it's not going to work and that's the way it's been like you you're like you said you're not going to bring in a teosk or a randall gritchuk or a whoever the hell it is at the yeah. deadline and think that one random number six or seven batter is going to change anything. It's just not your best players haven't been that good. And as a result, the team isn't that good. And that's where I struggle with criticism of the front office because one, like they went out this off season and they addressed the bullpen and the bullpen has been absolutely awesome. Pretty much the entire season. 
They go out, they get a piece like Chris Bassett. I mean, hey, the rotation's been good. Like the bets they made two off seasons ago, you know, signing Barrios, bringing in Kikuchi. Those guys are both working out right now. It's the core of this team that's letting them down. And I think that's what makes it just so frustrating. Uh, we'll, we'll move along and talk about another down from this series. And it's the existence of Ryan Mountcastle. Um, <laughs> dude, they didn't get him out the last two games. That's beer league slow pitch stuff. Like he went four for four and then he went two for two with two walks in games three and four. I don't even understand this. It like defies everything you know about baseball. Those last couple of times, he came up to the dish in the fourth game. I was sitting there being like, okay, like I've watched this sport long enough. He's due to like hit one right at a fielder. He's due to have a bad plate appearance at some point here. And it just never came. This guy, I mean, he didn't single-handedly kill the Jays, but it just, it feels that way. He drove in over the course of those four games, six of their runs. Like it, every stat you throw out there with Mountcastle versus the Jays is insane. This dude just clobbers them. He, he went, what in the series? It was 11 for 13, I think it was, if my math was correct. I was going through game by game, and yeah, he went 11 for 13 in the series. It feels like his 11 hits were like more hits than the Jays had combined over the four games. I know that's not accurate, but that's what it feels like. And it's it's funny. You look at, you look at the way he does against the Jays, and you'd think, this guy's a star. Like he's an all-star every year. He's one of Baltimore's best guys. And then you look, he, he broke into the league in 2020 and had a good season, but in the three seasons since 2021, 22 and 23, he's been kind of mediocre. He's a 762 OPS in total. And a lot of that's just from beating the wheels off of the Jays. So we're talking about just like a, an average bat, like a, like nowhere close to an all-star player, just like a good solid player. And he just beats the shit out of the Jays. And it's, it's, it makes no sense. It's inconceivable. It's you. I, I honestly wish that we'd have one of those Matt Chapman situations where he's fucking barking at John Schneider just to walk him every time he comes up. Because it's just, it's just getting to a point where it's stupid. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to watch every time Mount Castle comes up. You're like, yep, yeah, he's going to hit it. He's going to hit, he's going to hit a double. He's going to hit a line drive. It's automatic. And the worst part is this Orioles core, man, they're young and they're not going anywhere. So when you're watching guys like Adley Rutschman torch the Jays, you're just like, man, it's going to be years of this, like absolute nightmare fuel. This is how Red Sox fans would have felt last year watching Bowen Vlad torch them at Fenway. Like uh, oh, this is what it was supposed to be like. The Jays were the people talked about the yeah. Jays being this team two years ago, man. It was Bowen Vlad are so young and they've got all these other guys. They're so good. And now here we are. They can only score two runs a game if they're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, the third down we got is, I mean, Chris Bassett, four earned in six innings. Hinjin Ryu, four earned in five innings. Kevin Gosman can't even get them through the fifth inning in his start either. Uh, the only pitcher that came through with Kikuchi is Kikuchi. We'll talk about him in just a second here, but generally some disappointing starts as well. The bullpen came in and outside of Nate Pearson pitched pretty well. Um, but the starts you got from Bassett, Ryu, and Gosman were not what you wanted. Yeah, not ideal. But I think ultimately what it just shows is, man, the Orioles are really good. Yeah, like that's their, fair. Their lineup is just so good. Every every guy that comes up seems to have a good at bat, even their, their, their random guys at the bottom of the order. Like you expect great stuff from a guy like Adley Rutschman or, or Gunnar Henderson, you know, a guy like that. But then at the bottom of their lineup, and then, of course, you have the Mountcastle situation as well. It It really feels like there's no break in Baltimore's lineup. Every time someone comes up, they're fantastic. The Bassett start was, yeah, just mediocre. He's had those kind of clunkers throughout the year, whatever. Genjin Ryu's return, I think, was 
somewhat disappointing, but I'm not really sure what the expectations yeah. really were. He, you know, it was his first one back in over a year. It's kind of fair that he got hit around a little bit in the first inning. Um, and the Gosman one was, that was a bit disappointing too. But again, like the Jays aren't scoring any runs, so it doesn't even matter how good he could have pitched a, an absolute gem. It, it, it was basically zero room for error. They needed Gosman to throw a shutout in order for them to win that game. So yeah, the pitching, the way the offense has been, the pitching has to be pretty much perfect. And you get a series like this against a team that hits well, and it's just not going to happen. So I still, uh, for me, the whole big down from the series ultimately is the bats. Even mm-hmm. even if the pitching was kind of mid, it's just the bats just give them no room for error whatsoever. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not winning a series scoring whatever uh, four game series scoring eight or nine runs over the course of the four <laughs> games. It's just not happening. So yeah, reaching a little bit, I guess, on that third down, um, but plenty of disappointment. Nate Pearson going back down to AAA as well. It's been pretty disappointing to, to kind of see how that. I'm not calling it an experiment because he was good for chunks of this season, but it felt like he was finding a home in the bullpen. And then now you see him start to start to really struggle a little bit. It's disappointing. Yeah, it is. It it looks like this is, this was the kind of worry earlier on in the season, even though he was pitching really well, it's like you look back at his career season by season and the guy just straight up hasn't thrown that many innings. Like there's always some different injury or some issue. You know, he had mono that one year. There was the year in the minors where he got hit by the line drive. He had the sports hernia, just like a weird array of things stopping him from pitching. So the guy hasn't thrown all that many innings. So it probably wasn't realistic to expect him to continue to, you know, just pitch really well day after day after day. Hopefully they can kind of just send him down to Buffalo, stretch out those stretch those appearances, put a few days in between each one, like give him some rest so that maybe he can come up in September and contribute again. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not holding out a tremendous amount of hope. I guess I'm just in a sour mood this morning because that was a really awful series. Yeah. Well, no, let's be honest. I mean, I think the Blue Jays front office in all likelihood, Coombsy is agreeing with what you're saying. Like they wouldn't have gone out and added uh Yenis's Cabrera and a Jordan Hicks, right. And gotten all of these pieces if they were confident Nate Pearson could be a late inning guy for them or a multi inning guy for them. It's why they went out and got depth is to cover themselves for situation like this situations like this. So, yeah, I mean, I think if everyone is healthy and who knows, that's a big, if you're looking at Romano Swanson, Hicks, Mesa, Garcia's in the mix there. Trevor Richards, if he's, if he's healthy is in the mix there. Cabrera maybe in the mix there. And then who knows, maybe a guy like Chad green, who I'm sure we'll talk about in, in just a second here could be in there as well. Like, Here's in sliding down the depth chart is kind of my yeah. point. And I think that's probably what the front office wanted in all of this. Um, let's get to, let's try to scrape out some hops <laughs> from this four game set against the Orioles. Uh, first up, still in a wild card spot. That's good. Uh, second up, Yusei Kikuchi might be their best arm right now. Man, if you would have told me that Yusei Kikuchi would be their most reliable arm on August 4th, or you would have said that at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, holy shit, this team's going to be like a 108 win club. Yeah, you'd think, honestly, like imagine a couple of that also with Jose Barrios bouncing back. Like, all right, we got Yusei Kikuchi putting up the best season of his career. Not only is he not bad like he was last year, he's very good. He's like, you you get excited about his starts being like, Yusei Kikuchi can toss six innings and allow one run or so and help lead us to a win. Jose Barrios, same thing. And you think you get those two things along with Gosman and Bassett just doing their thing. You're like, oh yeah, the Jays are going to win the AL East handily. 
Uh, nope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly like, uh, yeah, like it, it just goes back to the first point that I are the, the point that I had a minute ago, which is like the pitching has no room for error for the Jays to win that third game. You say Kikuchi had to come and just be like completely lights out six, six innings pitch, one earned run. And, and their entire rally came from getting plunked by a guy who doesn't know where the strike zone is. Like it wasn't even, you know, they had a huge inning and hit three doubles in a row. And it was like, oh yeah, the guys are locked in. It was... <laughs> It was just a bunch of, it was just crap. Like if, if Baltimore had opted to use a better reliever in that spot, then the Jays very easily could have just lost the game and gotten swept in the series. So, I mean, this is supposed to be the positive. So let's, uh, let's circle back to saying something nice. Yeah. Kikuchi being good this year. That's, that's fantastic. That's if, if not for that, the team could be significantly worse. Yep. 100% 100% uh, bullpen locked it down in that game as well. Uh, we'll give them an up. Jordan Hicks looks good. Looks as advertised. Yeah, that that was that's another one of those exciting things from the game. Sorry, I was just reading the Jays just made a roster move to um I'm just I'm just reading the tweet. This is happening. This is happening live. Real time. Uh, David Schneider, the guy from AAA who uh, reported yesterday by Johnny Gunta from the Gate 14 podcast said that David Schneider's on his way up and the Blue Jays have confirmed that this morning Ernie Clement who was apparently on the roster, I wasn't even aware of that. He's been optioned to AAA. And Jay Jackson has been reinstated from the family medical emergency list. And Thomas Hatch has been designated for assignment. So there is an, there is an up, uh, like a real, um, like a literal up. Someone's been called up. Schneider's been, he's been, he's been good in AAA. Hopefully he adds something. I don't know. I, I really don't think that one guy will make much of a difference, but hey, why not? But circling back to the other thing you were just talking about, Jordan Hicks came in, pitched well. That's what they need, man. Like I said, there's, no room for error with the pitching staff. So they need the starters. They need the relievers. They need the whole thing to be very good because if the Jays are going to do anything this year, I think we've realized that it is not going to come from the bats. It is going to come from the pitchers. Yep. 100%. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this guy, Davis Schneider Coombs. He will make this another up. Like you said, a literal up uh, second baseman, Buffalo Bisons. It's a great story. If nothing else, 28th round pick in 2017. And now the 24 year old who's had just, an offensive explosion this year, 21 dingers with the Bisons. He's got an OPS of 969. And I will tell you the one stat that will get you the most excited about what Davis Schneider can do for the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's his OPS with runners in scoring position, 944. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, Better than the rest of the team. Yeah. More, more hits with runners in scoring position this year than the entire Blue Jays combined. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, like I said, I'm 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 a little I'm a little apathetic about the idea of one guy turning things around, but I'm much more interested in watching these guys, a David Schneider, an Addison Barger, a Spencer Horowitz, than you know Espinal or Biggio or guys who just have not gotten the job done this year. Like it's, I'd I'd rather just bring some guys up who who have performed well in Buffalo, who are trying to play for their careers, excited to have a chance at the big league level, like inject some life into the. Team. Team. I think, you know, here, here's Schneider, a 28th round pick. The guy's signing bonus is probably like $500 in the draft. And the fact that this guy is in the big league team, that's a cool story. So hopefully, hopefully having a guy like this in the mix, just, just inject some life into the clubhouse. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, again, yeah, I don't think he's single-handedly turning around the season or anything like that. And I keep going back to like, it's insane. We're talking about turning around the season when they're in a playoff spot. Like that's just <laughs> such a weird thing to wrap your mind around, but that's the kind of year it's been. Um, he's not single-handedly turning his team around, 
But if, if he gives him a jolt, he gives him a jolt. And, and at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for here. You're right. Maybe he can just be a little bit more reliable than a Santiago Espinal. So we'll see. I, I would have, they're not calling a guy like this up to sit on the bench. So I would assume he's starting some games. Maybe yeah. not tonight. Maybe they give him a night to get acclimated to the big league clubhouse. And ooh, look at the big lights. I'm at Fenway, all that. Um, but I would imagine tomorrow and the day after, like, like this dude's coming up to play is my point. Yeah, you'd think like, especially with the Bo Bichette injury, like maybe when Bo's back and we see maybe more of Jordan Hicks at second base or something like that, then yeah, maybe not. But with, with Bo injured, I would, I honestly think it's just the guys hit well enough in AAA. They just opened up a, a spot on the 40 man roster for them. It's not the kind of move you're going to do just to, Hey, I'm going to take you away from Buffalo so that you can watch blue Jays games from the bench for a week and a half. It, it, it just seems kind of pointless. So I definitely hope that he's an everyday player until Bo gets back. It, it, they, they just need something different. Some, some like a, like a different player in the mix that because something ain't right. Just try something new and see what works. We heard Atkins say at the end of the trade deadline that he liked their internal options more than he liked the DFA options. So let's see if uh, let's see if the Blue Jays GM is correct in that assessment when we get a look at Davis Schneider this weekend. Three games against the Boston Red Sox as the Jays have a chance, have a chance, we said this last time, to put themselves in a really nice spot here. If you go take care of business against the Boston Red Sox and knock on wood, just run through them at Fenway, kind of like you did last year, um, all of a sudden things change in terms of the wild card picture, especially with the way the schedule kind of lays out. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the race with our pal Brandon Douglas, but first let's step aside for a quick break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, back on episode 168 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, presented by Botano, botano.ca. Let's bring in Brandon Douglas for the AL East report to see what else is going on around the American League in terms of the wild card race and in the Jays division. Brando, what you got for us? 
Well, guys, apart from a terrible start to the August long weekend, thanks to our friend, the Toronto Blue Jays, um, the, the Orioles obviously just finished up. They are only looking to get better because relief pitchers, Keegan Aiken and Michael Gibbons, their uh, rehab assignments have moved to the AAA level, looking like they could be options back for the O's here sooner rather than later. And then both Cedric Mullins and Aaron Hicks, who are having uh, pretty good years, Mullins in particular, a great year and Hicks kind of uh, redemption story for him after getting cut loose by the Yankees. Both of them are expected back within the next probably 10 to 14 days or so as well. And uh, the schedule looks pretty easy for the Mets over the weekend as well. They will be at home versus the New York Mets, of course, selling off everything they had at the deadline or very nearly anyway. Uh, and they just lost three straight to the Kansas City Royals. So they're not the Mets not exactly coming in on a high note into Camden Yards. The Tampa Rays and the Yankees, they faced off for a three-game series this week. Uh, the Rays taking two of three to keep themselves kind of right neck and neck in behind the Orioles. Uh, but some bad news for Tampa as Shane McClanahan did have to go to the 15 day IL. He's been kind of fighting some forearm soreness and tightness, uh, deciding to just get him on there, give him a little bit of time off and hopefully get him back on track because basically since the all-star break and maybe even a touch before that, he has not been the same pitcher we saw for the first half of this, this season. Uh, and they will debut their new trade deadline acquisition, Aaron Savali. He will start on Saturday as the Rays continue their road trip in Detroit, where they will play three games over the weekend. The Yankees, the Yankees, it's just blow after blow for, for the Bronx bombers because they lost two or three to the Rays. Uh, we know that there was a lot of blowback from both the fan base and people around the league about their moves or lack thereof at the trade deadline. But now it's only getting worse. Anthony Rizzo has been placed on the 10 day injured list. It's with a concussion that apparently dates back like we're talking weeks, month, maybe even longer, how long he's been fighting this and battling with it. And uh, as guys that, you know, play all, all three of us played some contact sports growing up and stuff, I think we're all familiar with the impact of concussions and stuff and the fact that Rizzo's been battling through this in a sport as mentally rigorous as baseball is pretty yeah. surprising and, and probably throw some question marks at the Yankees training staff that they didn't address this sooner. Uh, and then Nestor Cortez, he is set to make his return uh, on Saturday. He is going to be limited in his, like, his pitch count and stuff because he actually had to cut his rehab assignment short due to the fact that they need him back in the rotation because Domingo Germán, he has voluntarily entered the inpatient treatment facility for an alcohol abuse issue. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Germán, an incredibly polarizing figure in the league. Uh, he pitched a no-hitter earlier this year, but has history of domestic abuse. And now this most recent incident, which involved um, altercations in the clubhouse. It, it's kind of a sad story. Obviously, you, want, you hope for somebody, if they're dealing with this type of issue, to get the help they need uh, and taking the rest of the season off. Fingers crossed we'll, we'll give Germán the opportunity to do that and, and come out not just you know back in the Yankees lineup, but as a better person uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah. The Yankees, they will um, host the Houston Astros, who just finished sweeping the Cleveland Guardians, uh, Houston being in New York for three games here. And then finally, the Red Sox, they're going to be uh, hosting Toronto here in the wildcard race, but they just finished losing two of three in Seattle. They had the day off on Thursday. And the Red Sox, kind of like the Orioles, they have some reinforcements coming back their way. Chris Sale, he made his first rehab assignment. He had three strikeouts, two walks, giving up one hit in two innings, set to go again on Sunday. And then both Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock are going to start their rehab assignments here over the weekend down in AAA as well. Trevor Story, going to be reactivated soon, the middle infielder for the Red Sox there. Uh, one name of note, we talk about 
noted Blue Jay killer Ryan Mountcastle having a, another great series. Uh, Jaron Duran, he uh, has torched the Jays pretty good so far this year as well. He comes into the series riding a six-game hit streak. And I will throw up our standings here so we can take a quick peek before I dip out. Uh, Baltimore, with the three games against the Mets, gives themselves a really good opportunity to give some more separation at top of the division. Two games ahead of Tampa Bay as of right now. The Rays, of course, not really facing a great test in Detroit either, but uh, the 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 race is heating up because Boston, despite losing two of three, Toronto losing three of four, they, they lose a game in that. And yeah, only two games back. And the Yankees, despite all their flaws and and, and circles with negative negative connotations around the news, they're still still in the mix. So nothing's really changed in this regard. The standings are the same and just a matter of how many games separating each set of teams is what's uh, made a few movements in the meantime. Big weekend, big weekend, especially when you consider the schedule. Thanks for hopping on, Brando, with the AL East report. Uh, let's wrap this pot up, Coomzy, by taking a look ahead at what's coming up for the Jays. Three games at Fenway for Toronto. It goes Alec Manoa, Jose Barrios, and then Chris Bassett for the Red Sox. They're going to start with James Paxton tonight, and then it's expected to be Canadian Nick Pavetta in game two, which is a four o'clock Eastern first pitch. And Brian Bello will get the finale for the Bo Sox. So they're starting with Paxton tonight. His last two times out have been actually really solid uh, against the Giants. He pitched five innings. He gave up eight hits, but only one earned run against the Mets. He only gave up two earned runs. So Paxton's been pitching. Okay. Jays are going to have to go through a couple of Canadians here if they want to get off to a good start this series. Yeah, Paxton dominated the Jays right before Canada Day earlier this season. Oh, yeah. He always tends to do well against the Jays. When he was with Seattle, he had that no-hitter in Toronto. That was a fantastic performance. Uh, Pavetta, the Jays hit him hard in, in the past, but it's honestly, you know, that was last year or two years ago. What they were doing then isn't really relevant anymore because they're a very different lineup now. So, I mean, the Jays haven't even beaten the Red Sox yet this year. So, <laughs> Going into this series at Fenway with Boston two games back of the Jays in the standings and thinking, all right, like we can bury Boston end their season. I don't know. Like, I'm not, that's not really the vibe that I'm getting coming into this. I, I honestly feel like from a Jays perspective, if you come out of this series still ahead of Boston in the standings, even if you only win one game at Fenway, then it's probably a win given the way things are looking right now. Oh, that is a that is a That's depressing sad. way to yeah no, but I get yeah. it. That's um, right? not good. Like you even look like Brian Bello, he's going to be the weakest of the three arms, I suppose. The Jays will face in this series, and even him over his last seven games, he's got a four point two two ERA. Like he's not brutal by by any stretch of the imagination. Nick Pippa has been pitching really really well. As of late, uh, he's coming off a game against Seattle where he threw seven and a third and allowed three and runs, struck out 10 batters. Before that, five innings, a shutout ball against the Atlanta Braves who have an unbelievable offense. In his last seven appearances, he's got a 2.27 ERA. So, uh, yeah, Nick Pavetta looks pretty good as of late. James Paxton looks pretty good as of late. Brian Bello looks pretty good as of late. The Jays' bats are going to be in tough. Um, elsewhere, in terms of News when it comes to the Jays, Scott Mitchell tweeted this yesterday after throwing one and two thirds scoreless frames in his AAA rehab debut. Righty Chad Green is slated to throw again in AAA on Saturday. Zero runs, zero walks across four appearances. Mitchell adds he's very, very close to helping the Jays pen. So Davis Schneider coming up from AAA to hopefully help the order. Maybe Chad Green coming to be another solid bullpen piece for the Toronto Blue Jays as well. So. There's a couple of positives for you, Cam. 
Yeah, we got uh, David Schneider's going to light the offense up. Uh, Chad Green, another 40-man roster move impending. I wonder who the next guy off of the 40-man is going to be. I really thought that ahead of the trade deadline, they were going to make some kind of move. That's The the, the move that I talked myself into is that they were going to get Tay Oscar and they were going to move two guys from the 40 to open up room for Green or whoever it wound up being, but that didn't happen. So, uh, Like I said earlier, it was Thomas Hatch getting DFA'd this time. Interesting to see who it'll be next. I really don't know, but yeah, let's hope uh, let's hope the vibes get better in Boston this weekend. Let's hope that we can revert back to 2022 Blue Jays and Red Sox relationship because I think Boston's the team I worry about most when it comes to the, that that kind of clump of teams that are chasing the Jays for wild card spot number three. Like it kind of feels like a lot of the the the, the seeds are kind of locked up. Like it'll either be Baltimore or Tampa winning the AL East. Um, it's kind of between Texas and Houston for the AL West. And then whoever doesn't win those two are going to be the top two wildcard teams. And then the Jays are fighting to be in wildcard spot number three, which is honestly probably where you'd want them to be because then they get to play the twins or Cleveland or whoever comes out of the AL. That's a really good point. <laughs> Right. Like it's a pretty good spot to be in. Like you don't really want the Jays to get hot and finish in the second wild card spot and play either Houston or Tampa or something on the road. Right. Like that would suck. I'd much rather them just play the twins. So I'm I'm all eyes on wild card spot number three and the Red Sox are the team that I'm worried about the most. So best case scenario this weekend is I think Jays sweep Red Sox. Houston sweeps the Yankees that creates a yeah. ton of separation for the Jays from being in the third spot out of the playoffs without allowing them to move into the second spot. Like you said, <laughs> and then Seattle and the angels are going head to head too. So you're probably hoping the angels sweep the Mariners in that series. And then you'd be sitting there with no team closer than four games back of you of a playoff spot. That'd be great. Do I believe that that best case scenario is going to play out? Absolutely not. Um, the vibes are not high right now, but here's to hoping that changes when we record this podcast at the end of the Jays series against the Red Sox, can they get some magic at Fenway? Can they finally get some big, some big games, some big moments from some of their big guns? That's what I'm going to be watching the closest here. Also another Alec Manoa start. It, it always feels intense when the big man's taking the mound right now. I, I love him. Like watching him in the dugout interacting with Ryu again, he's smiling like, he seems to be in a pretty good headspace. I want this guy to succeed so bad. So I'm really hoping he can uh, he can pitch well against a Red Sox team that's top 10 in team OPS over the last seven days. Yeah. Yeah. What I would do to watch like a 2022 Alec Manoa start where he goes like seven innings, scatters one earned run on five hits, just a whole bunch of ground ball contact. Oh, what I would do for that. Let's uh, let's hope he's, he kicks off this Red Sox series and then the vibes all shift. The, our friends at Botano have the Blue Jays as plus 135 underdogs for this ball game here tonight. If you want to sprinkle a little on some Alec Manoa success in this one, his over under for strikeouts is four and a half. And that is a spot I actually don't mind all too much. So there you go. Shout out to Botano.ca. Shout out to Brandon Douglas and you, Coombsy. Enjoy the three gamer. We'll chat with you afterwards. Best wishes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.